I'm not going to let a man come tell me how I should look like. A man to tell me that because you have a high testosterone, because you have a deep voice, because you have this, you are not woman enough. No, 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 no. I'm Carol Ofori, and this is the Carol Ofori Podcast for thought-provoking conversations. She is a two-time Olympic medalist, a three-time 800-meter champion. She's a mother, she's a wife, she's a daughter, and she is a sister. This woman has just released her book titled The Race to Be Myself, in which she takes us on a journey through her younger years in rural Limpopo to her glory on international athletics tracks. And now to her ongoing fight for what it means to be a woman in sport. And I call her an international human rights icon, Kasta Mukhadi Semenya. Welcome to the Carol Afori podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Well, thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I've been I've been reading this book. It's beautifully written. It's honest. It's earnest. It's um, I can see it's a true raw reflection of who you are. What made you write this book? Oh, I think uh, it's more for me being ready. But the most important thing is like to educate people. You know, for them to understand. You know, their their basic you know human rights. I think it's one thing that is lacking. You know, in. Uh, in this world, uh, we tend to think uh, when you know your rights, that's when you're an activist or you're an icon or you name it all. But I think uh, it's just a reminder to each and everyone to say, hey, you must know your rights. You must know who you are, you know, mm-hmm. own your identity. And I think this is about humility, you know, and self-love, you know, self-actualization. As much as, um, you know, the book's title is, you know, The Race to Be Myself. Uh, I think it's just uh, for each and every individual out there just to be reminded that you matter. Yeah. You should, you know, love the, you know, yourself the way you are. And uh, regardless of what, I think I'll say, yeah. It sounds like that encompasses your life's purpose. Or would you paint it more? Yeah, of course. uh, I think it's more for when you know your purpose and then you live, you know, through it, you make sure that you go out there, you know, uh, fulfill, you know, that purpose. Uh, I think it's always important uh, knowing where you're coming from, you know, especially your roots, uh, knowing your culture, knowing what you stand for. And if you know that you are the change, you know, be the change that you want to be, you know, as much as Mohat Gandhi said it, you know, I, I always follow through those. But I'll say, you know, I'm the change that I want to see and I live through it and uh, uh, you know uh, I'm a woman of my actions and they always say you know actions speak louder than words so you know we we dream it and then we do it. Now what I loved about the book is that you literally you you get into it about how the world has been defining you how your body has been you know everybody's topic of discussion. Can you talk us through for for those who don't understand the DSD differences of sexual development what it is and specifically to you of course, DSD is more from when you're a woman, you're born with the chromosomes, you know, XY, you know, it's more for mainly it's men who are born with that. But in a condition like this, uh, in the medical terms, we, we call it more of intersex way you are a woman who is born with no uterus uh, mm-hmm. you don't you don't go to a cycle you can't bear kids and it's more for the variation of your your testosterone you know goes high but it's not effective it's just a you know a disorder
disorder you know you yeah. you, you you can't produce sperm you can't produce anything yeah. it's just a disorder that is in your body but i think uh, for me it's important you know to educate people about that because particularly people who are coming from the rural areas who yeah. are you know are not advanced who are not you know exposed you know to to the medical care you know right. uh, where parents don't really have an idea of you know what our kids are going through what conditions you know the kids can maybe but you know the symptoms like that where you see you know a young girl you know is not going through a cycle you can see that you know they have a deep voice uh, they are more masculine i think as a parent you need to start having that relationship with your kid you know making sure that you know them you understand them then at least don't be an enemy try to know your kids at least know what they feeling inside what is it that they want what is it that makes them happy i think for me writing this book is just to you know educate people out there about you know self love self actualization you know self management but as well as having the relationship with yourself i think it's 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 more important to know yourself you know before any can you know explain anything to you it's it's very important where i'm coming from the rurals and then i get into the city and then you know my medical you know records are being exposed you know uh, in public and you, you don't want you don't want that you know as a young girl so right. uh, my goal is to make sure that i communicate as much as i can i educate I open them eyes you know so they can go out there if you know you're different you know you can feel it just go there you know discover yourself sit down with your parents and then see what you can do about the situation because at the end of the day we always say charity begins at home you know and if you get that love and support from your own you will know yourself it's about self identity and that that's the most important thing for yeah. a human can do for themselves yeah now world athletics has been saying that the reason why they won't allow women who have dsd to participate is to protect women's sports yeah. what are your thoughts on that no that's nonsense because in sports there's no level you mm. can you can you can never level sports mm. in men in women it 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 can never even if you are a sports scientist you can go study physiology you will know that every individual they are born with their variation in the body they are yeah. born with the differences but you have to understand that to be a champion you must be that special one and you can fight that we we not got we can't control nature and for them saying that uh, a woman with testosterone you know high testosterone you know it plays a role it doesn't because if you were a man probably I could been meshing you know those times you know with men I could have been doing men do you understand so for me I I still really don't understand when they come and say they've done the research over 10 years yeah. their research that they've done over 10 years is that it's through numbers if you understand research you know it's a uh, it's more quantitative you know yeah. uh, uh, it's not qualitative because uh, if you look at the numbers of a woman you know who are tested they talk based on the number of women with dsd and they come and then they discriminate them to say no because they they have masculine you know body the body is lean all women they are lean out there there are women whose you know biceps and triceps they have a huge six pack they move like you know they are men they run you know particularly 100 meters you look at 100 meters 200 meters you look at 1500 meters you look at 5000 10000 those women they smash in times so are you going to tell us that because they're running fast mm. there's a problem you know mm. with them they can they, they can beat me i can i can i can match those times here i'm trying to show people that uh, men should use their common sense mm. 
they should start understanding that women's sports should be you know run by women's sports Mm. Women should be the ones to decide if there is unfair advantage or not. Yeah. If women have a problem with me, I don't have a problem. I'll walk away. Yeah. But if a man is gonna come tell me because you have a high testosterone, you play, you know, advantage. You know, it plays you know advantage role to to yeah. other women. I, I don't really understand because same same women that are are, are are running with me, they're still running same times. They are not even. I'm not even faster than them. You mm. get what I'm saying. But what I can say is that uh, I'll always fight for that injustice. Uh, I'll never stop. But their research sucks. Uh, <laughs> and support English. It's, it yeah, sucks. it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It, it has been misleading. They've published the journal. They've admitted it. So they must do better. Yeah. As you mentioned, you have a higher testosterone than yes. the average woman, and that's pretty much what's made the world, inverted commas, fear you, inverted commas, because of your speed, your agility. I read the book and I, I yes. discovered that your early days of competing, you were not always number one. No, But yes. everybody thinks Casta has always been number Like anytime you run, you come first. And yes. that's what I think people misunderstand. They don't understand that you very young hurt your knee. You were in hospital for months. Yeah. Um, you didn't even think you were going to end up being a runner. You were into soccer. Yeah. And then as time went... Um, here you are competing and you're being beaten by other girls. Yes, so talk I like, to me about the I, fact I like the fact that you, t- you, you, you had to mention the speed and all those things. Yeah. Speed comes through training. Mm. Everything comes through training. If you want to lead body mass, you train. Yeah. Same as everyone. You know, and of course, as a young girl, uh, I remember uh, I never win every races that I ran. Yeah. Uh, even 2008, I went to the World Juniors. I was out in a heat because I did not have knowledge. I did not have a kind of a training that you know all those girls had. Mm. And when when you are you, you are coming from you know African soil, you do great. Then you start doing the wonders. You start yeah. doing, beating all the world. Then it becomes a problem. That's where you you start understanding that when you when you're not winning anything, people don't talk. Yeah. People start talking when they see great things. And for me, uh, I, I've always uh, saw that as a joke to say, look, if the Western have a problem with you know us, yeah, you know, coming in the organizations that yeah. they've established, yeah, you should just put straight. Be clear, say like you guys are not welcome here because if you look at um, all these issues about gender, all those things, they affect only brown skin colored people. It, mm. it never affects you know a peach you know skin color. You, yeah. you understand? I'm not going to talk about white and black because I don't believe in that. Right. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So it, it, it's more of saying if if you're going to discriminate one you you start reminding us about our history mm-hmm. and particularly if it's someone who's coming from that history where you we know about the british and the dutch you, you get what i'm saying yeah. so if it's a, you know applied by someone who's coming from that it takes me back to where it all started you mm-hmm. understand and i'm be like if you your constitution says don't discriminate, you know, say no, you know, to discrimination and racism. So why are you still acting in that manner if you are a president of a certain organization? Right. So, but for me, I'll say, look, if you think testosterone play a role, if you have high testosterone, yeah. particularly men, I'm yeah. not even going to talk about women. Right. Can you take out the spikes and jump to the track and go run 100 meters with those men who are running, you know, nine, you know, six, nine, seven. You, you get what I'm saying? Let's see if one man can do that to show that testosterone does not play a role. So you say there's no unfair advantage. There's, no unfair, there's no unfair advantage because if there was advantage, as as I, I talk now, if I go to the track and run, yeah, 
if I run 154, yes. I'll say yes, I have advantage. Yeah. Because advantage, you get that advantage based on the training that you do. Each and every individual get advantage from the skills, the time that they put in in training, hours, sweat, skill, because you study your, your event. That's your advantage. Yeah. If you're intelligent, that's your advantage. You can't get advantage because you, you, you have high testosterone. That yeah. does not even mean nothing. So I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. Uh, the BBC spoke to athletes yes. who had high testosterone, female athletes yeah. that had high testosterone. And Olympic medalist Margaret Mamboy from Kenya yes. said that maybe, and I quote, she says, it would be good if a third category for athletes with high testosterone was introduced. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that is something that um, should be introduced where there is a third category? That's desperation. You yeah. speak out of desperation. There's no such as that category. You, you get what I'm saying? You have to understand that when you're a woman, you're a woman. Your differences don't make you, you know, less a woman. You, mm. you get what I'm saying? So when, when she says, you know, uh, she, was, she considered a third category, yeah. it's because she's desperate to compete. Yeah. For me, I wouldn't allow uh, someone come segregate me yeah. from other women. I'm a woman. I'll remain a woman. It does not matter, you, you know what I'm saying? Because of the minute you start allowing someone to segregate you, mm. they have done that years ago. You're still going back, allowing the very same system to cage you as a woman. So that means you allow the very same you know, regime to, to, to come and make you believe that uh, because of I'm, a, I'm a different woman, uh, I, I, I shouldn't be with women. No, I don't believe that because I know I know her personally. Uh, she's desperate to run. I, I feel sorry for her. I sympathize with her. But yeah. for me, I'm a woman. I'll remain a woman. While the rules or no rules, at the end of the day, we need to stand out there to educate this young, you know, you know, women in Africa to say you need to stand for yourself. You need to stand, you know, on what you believe is right. Yeah. Do not allow someone come and install their ideas on how you should look like as a woman. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I agree. I'm different. I have high testosterone level, but that does not, you know, separate me from women. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. for me, I just feel sorry for those who want to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you want to try hard to fit in. No, yeah. if, 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 if it was meant to be, to be for me to be in the sports, I'll remain. But if, if the role I played for that last 10 years, it was the one that I had to play. I'm free and I'm, I'm ready and I'm happy. So yeah. what I will do is that I'm not going to let a man come tell me how I should look like. A man to tell me that no, because you have a high testosterone, because you have a deep voice, because you have this, you are not women enough. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. If you say it's necessary for women's sports to be leveled, let uh, women, you know, decide what's right for women. Don't come and install ideas to young girls to say no, maybe they may be a, a, a third category. No, no, no. Women is women. It, it, it will never change. And that's that. Let's that's talk, it. Let's talk gender roles, which is a yes. big theme that runs through of course. in your book around yeah. gender roles. You spoke in your book about how you hated doing like girl chores, washing dishes, you even had a yeah. fight with your sister. Of course. And then you moved to granny's house and you were doing all of those roles. Yeah. How do you define gender roles? I, I don't think there's any gender roles. Mm. Uh, there's no there's no a role that is meant for women. There's no role that is meant for a man. Mm. If you feel comfortable on doing whatever you want to do, 
Yeah. I would say do it because uh, at the end of the day, it's about your abilities. It's about doing what you like. You understand? Right. I, I don't think there's a role for a man. There's a role for a woman. Yeah. If we, we, we if we speak now, there are women who are engineers. There are women who's you know they're shuffling. They're doing this. They're doing that. For me, it, it don't exist that thing. It, it existed long time ago about our great great fathers. You know where yeah. they they believed that uh, a woman should be in the house. A man should be you know doing you know hard choices now. A woman can still do that. A woman can still be responsible and you know take care of the family. Can can still go work. They can still do that. A man can still cook. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no such as thing. We are modernized. Mm. We don't believe in those things. Right. If it worked for our great fathers, it's fine. It worked for them. But us, the new generation, we don't believe in such things. And for me, growing up, I felt more comfortable on doing gardening. You know, going in the bush looking after, you know, the livestock, you know, doing all those choices, painting, you know, like fixing. That's what made me happy. Mm -hmm. But then when I w went to my grandmother's, you know, home, I could see that, ah, them boys are lazy, you know. <laughs> the grandmother always needed, you know, someone who will do the washings. I could do that, but I never liked doing them, you know, when yeah. my sisters were around because I felt like it was <laughs> their responsibility for them to take care of me, you understand? Right. And when I was with my grandmother, I was like, you know what, I don't have a choice. Uh, at the end of the day, I have to clean. I, I I don't like being in a you know untidy place you know i need to be neat and do all those things i've done those things and uh, when i talked to my mom she was like ah, no, i like <laughs> it because at least you are in a place where you learn you know how to be responsible you know it's no longer about you just doing you know the gardening just going you know in the bush hunting and yeah. doing those things but you can still do the other side so when you have your own household, you can also manage it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So for me, I cannot say, when we talk about the gender roles, that's nonsense. So let's go a little bit deeper. Yeah. In the book, one thing you keep reaffirming is I am a woman. Yes. I might be different, but yeah. I am a woman. How would you define being a woman? What is your definition of woman? A woman, it's, it's look, uh, I'm kind, uh, I'm caring. I mother my kids, I mother my you know, my nieces, you know, I make sure that I give them that love and care. Uh, yes, uh, I might be more bold, but the love I, I, I give my kids is about care, loving, supporting, making sure that I'm there emotionally, you understand? I'm accommodating, I'm open, and I'm free, you know, I allow my kids to be who they are, you understand? So I would say a mother is love. It's caring. It's got nothing to do with your sexual organ. Nah, it has got nothing to do with your sexual, you know, orientation or whatever. So if you are able, as much as you are a father, mm. it's the same thing. You understand? When you are a father, you should be lovely, you should be caring. You get what I'm saying? You mm. should be supportive. Yeah. But when you are able to protect your kids, when they wake up and then they say, mother, mm. that's what you want. Right. Or a father. <laughs> if you're a father, <laughs> that's what they will do because that's what you give to them. That's the definition. You, no one can come, you know, I don't expect anyone to come and call me a mother because I, I don't mother you. I mother my kids. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm. I'll say the quality of uh, uh, being a woman or being a mother, it comes through you. It comes through your actions. It comes within. Mm. You don't need to accept anyone. You need no validation to mm. no one. Mm. The validation that you need is within. Mm. It's with you. It's How you treat your kids. Simple. 
So from a young age, you have been fighting. You said you hated bullies. Yes, um, yes. You had Biggie and you showed Biggie <laughs> and you met up with Biggie later in life and Biggie's yeah. got kids now. <laughs> no, he's a, he's was, a, he's a good guy. You've been fighting your whole life. Will you ever get tired of fighting? Because it seems it, you've, your whole life you've just had to fight for this, fight for that, fight for the right to race, fight in court now. Will you yeah. ever get tired of fighting? I mean, Guazulu Natal. If you know Shagazulu's <laughs> story, you'll understand. Yeah. When you when you when you fight for what is right, when you fight for what is yours, of course you never fight. You never stop fighting. Mm. I think for me, I'll say, fight. It's it's a, it's more of. A, I think each, each and every individual, every day is fighting. You, mm. you know, you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for your rights. You're fighting for what belongs to you, mm. but not particularly just a fight. It's just a a way of when we live, we come across the challenges and we overcome them. So a biggest, you know, story is one of those stories where people come, you know, they come, they insult you. Mm. I still come through insults, but now my fight, I fight them in a different way. I'm civilized, I'm matured, you know, I, I have a sense of humor. Mm. If you come, you give me an insult, I'll just look at you because you don't exist. I don't see you. You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> That's very so, painful. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, just make you, I just make you feel like you're nothing. I don't see you. You get what I'm saying? Because you avoid conflicts. You avoid being like them. So, yeah. But as a kid, of course, I'm going to show you who am I. You understand? I'm going to show you I can punch. I can do all those things because I want to protect myself. But now I think it's about... You know, when you are matured enough, yeah. when emotionally you're good, psychologically you're good, you know, you have good sense of humor, then you, you don't necessarily need to fight. If someone comes like, ah, oh, you look like a guy, I'm going to say, so what? What so you going to do? Uh, and, you, and that you know what I'm saying? Me, yeah, that leads yes. me to my next question where you say, yes. uh, you've always turned your criticism into of fuel. Yes. And, and what would you say is the number one thing for someone to learn that, that trade? Because a lot of us, we internalize our criticism. Yeah. Very, very, very few people can do what you've done with your life. Being criticized on a world stage like that, your body literally, mm. um, just for everyone, and you still have the fuel from that criticism. It, it's really important you share with us how you convert uh, uh, that to fuel. I think it's about taking total ownership of yourself. Uh, Self-identity is very important. If you, you know yourself, you understand yourself, but it comes with self-love. Uh, if you respect yourself, you appreciate yourself, mm. and you love the person you are. Yeah. Uh, the minute you start judging yourself, you start questioning yourself. Yeah. You start criticizing yourself, of course. Yeah. You're going to let the very same thing when someone comes, you know, with that judgmental, you know, criticism, you know, discriminating, all those things. Of course, you're going to allow it. But if, if you don't allow that to yourself, it's very easy because for me, I love myself. I love everything about my body. I love everything. I love my voice. I love how I walk, you know. I love how I dress. So anyone comes with their perception, it has got nothing to do with me. You understand? Yeah. What, what's important is if you love what reflects, you know, on that mirror, you say, you know what, God damn it, I love it. You, you <laughs> get what I'm saying? Yes. I love what I see. And then it gives you that, you know, positive mind. It gives you positivity because you love yourself. Mm -hmm. So what other people think of you, it's nothing. It's just their opinion. But your opinion matters. What you see one. is the most important thing because then you start appreciating yourself, you start loving yourself. Then you have that relationship with yourself where you say, you know, yes, I know I have a big nose, I have, you know, small eye, I have that. That's mine. mine. If you embrace yourself, you embrace the person you are, 
man, that's beautiful. But then the minute you start questioning yourself, you're questioning God. Mm, God powerful. brought you in this world for a, for a reason. Live for your purpose. Live for your purpose. Of Now, course. your life changed in Berlin 2009 yes. World Championships. And I'm very curious. You speak very candidly about the experience, yeah. and I'll leave that for people to read it in the book. Yes. But I wonder, have you ever been back to Berlin since? Yes, multiple. Yeah. Berlin is more like my second home, man. Eh? Yeah. Look, you Berlin don't have is like a resentment. Look, for the city and the I have a love for that. It's it's just close to my heart, mm-hmm. where I've always went back there, mm. and when I'm there, I'm treated like a queen. You get what I'm saying? <gasps> why that I'm last? Why that I'm not winning? Why that I'm winning? Berlin people, if they know I'm there, they show up. You, you understand? I think it's more for when things are meant to be, they will be. Why the people came, question you, criticize you, but when you have history with a, 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 a certain city, come on. For me, I've went there multiple times. I, I don't know how many times, but many. Last year, I ran in Berlin. You know, I did not win, but, uh, you know, stand of aviation, it was like big. You know, they, they clapped, they, they appreciate that. I know what it means, you know, for me. I know, you know, the importance of that place. You, you know what I'm saying? That was the beginning of my career. And I'll always, you know, appreciate it and cherish it, you know. Yeah. So it's like when you see, you know, Formula One and all those guys, there are certain guys they don't lose in a certain track. That's me. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? So I'll say... Berlin is uh, it holds you know great memories it it holds sorrows it holds you know disappointments and all those things it's it's more of a mixed you know feelings where when i'm in berlin i don't know what i feel you know mm-hmm. you, you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's one of those you know places where i'll always want to go back yeah. the track i love it yeah. i love everything about it yeah yeah you speak also in the book you said quite a few times i never grew up poor we didn't have much we just yeah. had enough i never grew of up course. poor and then i look at your growing up circumstances you had mm. no running water yes. you had no electricity yeah. uh, you would often hunt and catch rabbits and sometimes it, it would feed your family yeah. you also didn't have a refrigerator growing up yeah, you got course, it first after course. winning some prize money yeah. right so according to the standard of poverty yeah. that is poverty no. and how you say <laughs> i was not poor I can't, say, I can't say I'm poor. Yeah. Why, if I have a meal on the table, yeah. if I have a roof, if I have a, a bed, if I have those things. Poor is when you are like, your parents can't afford anything. They can't take you to school. They can't, because we, we, we sometimes confuse being poor and being able, you know, if you can't afford certain things. The time where I take care of my family, that's when they're in short of something. That's yeah. when, it, that end of the month, you know, even in your budget, there's sometimes where you are low. Yeah. You see, now we are here at East Coast, you know, radio station. And then towards the end of the month, I'm 100% sure that sometimes even when you, you're fuel, you don't go full tank. You'll say, <laughs> ah, booty, 100 rand. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's one of those situations that people need to understand that let's not confuse being poor and just, you know, being average and all those things. Poor are people who can afford nothing. Nothing. No meal, they don't have shoes, no shelter, nothing. You are just homeless. You're just trying hard. You're hustling for, for, for another day, mm-hmm. you know, to have a bed, to have a, a roof under your head. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I'll say my parents were able to provide, you know, for me. Yeah. But there were certain things that they can't, you know, get for me. Like if I need a Lacosta, if I need that, when I see my friends, you know, hitting them Cavellas, you know, <laughs> them Nikes, the Adidas, you, you get what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? And I, I couldn't eat meat every day. I know how it feels not to have a meal for a day or, or that, mm. but I can't call that poor. And when you talk about the circumstances where we're coming from, no running water, it was not only me. Yeah. 
it was the entire village that yeah. they did not have water. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? There was an entire village that did not have electricity. So I can't call that poor. I'll call that disadvantage because you're coming from a disadvantaged background where okay. it's not developed. Mm. We were underdeveloped then. But then when, you know, where, you know, ANC start coming in, you know, being able to build roads, you know, it's, it's good. It's, mm. it's good. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And hunting is part of uh, African culture. Yeah. My forefathers, they used to hunt. We lived in a farming life where we hunt, we have livestock, and then we go, we do gardening, we do that. Mealies, you know, all those things, you know. You, you may call it sweet potatoes, we do yeah. onion, tomatoes, and all those things. So I would say, for me, if my, my mom couldn't afford, I'll go, you know, hustle. So yeah. it's, it's more for responsibility. I can't say I was poor. I had okay. a, a roof, you know, under my head. So now, people need to understand that. The they need to understand the difference between poor, yeah. you know, and just... Not having much. Not having much. That, those are the differences. Yeah. You say often you you are you stingy. You don't just yes. blow money, but you love money. But no, you're not money, stingy. Yeah. <laughs> what is the stingiest thing you've ever done? Like you're like you're okay, okay, that was stingy, but I had to do this. I'll say when you when you when you are, you see that I'm matured enough. I never wanted to have a house. I never wanted to buy my own car. But when you when you realize, you know what? But I have to do it. You know, it's a need. Yeah. You understand? Now when you start understanding the between the difference between needs, wants, essential, you know, luxury, all those things, uh, you start saying, you know what? But I need a house. I'm responsible now. I, I want to have my own privacy. When you, when you start dating, you know, when the love is, you know, it's hot, it's cooking. It's like hot potato. You can't control it. You'd be like, ah, man, this thing of, high, you know, uh, university, when you, your partner wants to visit you, sometimes you want to hide. So I don't want to hide. Now I need my own place. Then I look at the money. Oh, it's too much. You, you get what I'm saying? And then you look at the car. Now you want to have your own. I loved, you know, transport, you know, public transport. I love riding a taxi, you know, a train. But I'm like, look. If I want to go places on my own, privacy and all those things, you know, I kind of have to spend. I don't need to spend, but I don't want that. But uh, but for me, it's a need for now. You, you get what I'm saying? I think the stingiest, you know, moments where it's where, where you have to spend a lot of, you know, the Benjamins, you know, for, for, for your own needs. But <laughs> for your I'm own saying, needs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the book, you, you speak about meeting Oscar Pistorius. Yes, yes, and, yes. Um, how you, the first time you saw him, you thought he'd have the blades on. And he said, yes. no, 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 I don't, I don't walk no yes, blades, course, I run a blade. Yes, of course, yeah. uh, You also touch on the fact that you, you were both loved by the world. And then at yeah. some point, the world just like criticized yeah. and gave you the worst. What is your relationship now with Oscar, have you spoken? No, no, not really. We haven't spoken because you have to understand when someone is in a situation like that, it's it's a family, you know, issue where I can only go if, you know, I'm allowed mm. to be close. Mm. If if I'm not that close, close friend mm. as family. You know, sometimes you give people a space. For me, if if yes, I'm allowed to go visit, of course I'll go see him just to see how he's doing because I know, you know, how to be alone. I know how to be the duck. I know, you know, I know as people we, we, we differ. You know, we make mistakes. We make, you know, we take, you know, the roots. Uh, we make decisions that we, we are not proud of. You understand? I'm not God. I cannot judge. You know, I don't know what has happened, you know. But uh, as a friend, as someone, you know, I trained with, uh, we were, we shared a relationship. 
yeah, of course, I'll love to see him just to see how he's doing, yeah. but not really just because I want to go there and, you know, yeah. uh, dig about, you know, what has happened, what has transpired, but just to see, you know, how an uh, old friend is that, uh, someone that I've shared a track with, someone that I've shared, you know, uh, moments and memories with him just to see how he's doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll love to, you know, just to see him. Yeah, yeah. I hear yeah. you. You do say in the book, and I've said in many interviews, you never cry. You're just yes. not a crier. Yeah. You can count on one hand the times you've cried. Yeah. Do you recall the last time you cried and what, what made you cry? I can't remember. <laughs> you see, that's I literally thing. cried about four hours ago. <laughs> a little uh, cry, though, no, in excitement. Oh, of course, I cried uh, when my grandmother passed on. Of because, course, yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when you when you bury someone, you know, yeah, I would say it's a few weeks ago, you know, about yeah. a month ago. Of course, you know, when you start realizing that, you know, that person is no longer here and you know you're not gonna see them again you know yeah. it's 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 paining to see that you know coffin you know going down uh you know that yeah it's gone and that's know? also the hardest part for that's me. the hardest that's it's the hardest that part you know to to see so i'll say yeah but you know it is what it is she has lived her life you yeah. know she's like she was 94 95 yeah. so say yeah you know yeah. She has played a part, you know, I appreciate that. I learned from her and I am here because, you know, I had to live with her, make sure that, you know, I know about the responsibilities, how to take care of myself, you know, about self-investment and all those things. So, yeah. so yeah. But yeah, that was last time I think I dropped the tears. <laughs> <laughs> and as we're getting to the end of our conversation, what's the latest with the case? We know that in Switzerland, yeah. you've had a victory there, but it doesn't change world athletics for yeah. you. What's the latest with regards to the case and what's your next steps? Yeah, the latest it will be, of course, the Swiss, I think they have a they will take it to the high chamber but for me uh, this is positivity because when you're fighting for for what is right uh, of course I'll always advocate for that I'll never give up Uh, I'll not let you know people come tell me as a woman you know this is how you should be you know uh, to be a woman no you don't work like that and for me it's about going out there reminding you know women that look um, it's necessary for women to stand for themselves it's necessary for women to start, you know, if they want to regulate, it should be them, mm. not the men telling them, ah, it's necessary for women's sports to be leveled. What about the men's sports? Is men's sports leveled? Mm. Yeah, are you going to tell me because Djokovic has been winning in a, a lot of grand slams, uh, he, he, there's something, you know, that needs to be investigated? If he has good technique, he has good technique. Yeah. If Usain Bolt has got good, you know, you know, uh, fast twitch muscles, you know, his muscle fibers are good, uh, are way greater than you know anyone. Are you gonna cut them out? No, you can't. You know, so those are the things that we as women we need to go out there, you know, fight for what is right, fight for our right to regulate our sports. Yeah. You know, not men, but with the case, it's it's one of that ongoing, you know, case. Uh, if it's not, you know. It's not where we want it to be. We're never going to stop. Yeah, Those people are stop. old. I'll fight <laughs> them till they retire, till they, we get to the right point. So, so yeah, that's that's where we are. So probably we might go back to a court of arbitration, but I don't know. Yeah. My legal team will tell me if we're going. And yeah, this one of the human rights, I think it's in the high chamber, we'll hear in a few weeks was the decision, but the case, now we're on. Yeah. We're going to fight. We're going to fight. Yes. Now, happy times. You're married. You've got two beautiful children. You're raising them. You've shared once or twice on social media a beautiful, you know, family picture with you and your kids. And people still come 
at you for that. People will say, and you mentioned in the book how they'll say, these are not your children, you're barren, like mean things like that. Yeah. What do you say to people who say things like that? Uh, they must go get life. Mm. So my pictures are my pictures. Mm. So if you have a problem with what I put on social media, block me so you don't see it. Because mm. at the end of the day, uh, that's my life. That's not theirs. So that's, that does not mean anything to me. It does not threaten me because at the end of the day, uh, look, I really have no time for people who use a free Wi-Fi. People who, who, who needs to, for them to connect, you know, on their cell phones, have to go to the park. I work. I work hard. You, you know what I'm saying? I work hard so I can live a good life. Yeah. So for me, when you come in and say, hey, 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 hey my friend, I mean, I'm living a good life. Yeah. You, you must do something about your life. <laughs> and when you look at their profiles, yeah. you can't find nothing. <laughs> you only find many things because they have no life. They have nothing to live for. Me, I have plans. I have plenty of plans. I have things to achieve. For me, my message to those who comment on other people's pages, go out there, live your life, own your life, do something about your life because you're going to be like that forever. <laughs> Show me I'll your achievements. No, show me your achievements before you comment on my, my social media. Yeah. Me, I'm living my life. I'm raising my beautiful kids. Yeah. Ah, man, life is beautiful. When you mean, you, you fully me to even do better. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm not going to worry about the 2% of people who are hateful, people who are coming there, you know, angry. We don't know because, hey, go to school if you, you, you are bored. <laughs> And people need to, they must not misunderstand social media. Social media, as much as it says social. If you go understand the word social, you stop doing what you're doing. You start bullying people, start talking nonsense on that social media because uh, it does not build them. It does not make them, you know, wealthy. You just remain the same person. Yeah. But me, you build me. You see, that's why I say, I always say people that I'm, I'm that, uh, if I'm that a problem, that means I matter the most. Because when I post something, it comes to you. And then you comment. Then that means I am something. There's something that I'm doing. So imagine you're posting, um, I post, but you post, I don't comment. <laughs> that means you're nobody. <laughs> That's so, a look. Uh, that's a big aushi. No, you have to go hard. <laughs> I have to do it because at the end of the day, I'm just showing you that as a person. No, I care about people. I care, you know, I love people. But people who come with nonsense on my social media, I don't see them. Your comments are just there to kill time. But at the end of the day, me now when I sleep, I'm happy. Yeah, I love it. There's food on my table. Maybe you is only savanna. I don't know. <laughs> It's one apple in your fridge. <laughs> one apple. One apple. You can't even take your cousins or your kids or anybody to school. You're not doing anything. Now, looking back, is there a moment that you can look back and say, that was the happiest time of my life, and then this was the worst time of my life, if you had to give us two separate moments? The worst is when I decided, I, I was desperate, you know, for riding, when I decided to take the medication. Ah, that's, uh, that was the worst, the uh, saddest uh, moment. I was in the dark. Uh, I had no direction. I was just living life, uh, you know. And the happiest is when you become a parent, man. When you, when you see those little toes, you know. <laughs> the voice, you know. Ah, 
man, it fulfills you. Uh, I'm happy, man. I'm happy each and every day. Uh, when I see my kids, I'm fulfilled. When I'm home, you know, with my partner, the family, that's the, the that, that, that's a definition of life. That's a, that it's got meaning. And then people will come and start questioning you, be like, hey, guys, do you have kids? If you don't have kids, don't comment on my, 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 my post. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? If, if, if you've got nothing positive to say, don't, don't comment. You get what I'm saying? But I'll say the happiest moment is when you bring this little, you know, souls in this life and then you start parenting them and they educate you how to be a good parent because I believe that kids are the ones who can educate you not someone else because mm -hmm. you learn from your kids how to be a good parent nothing mm -hmm. else and the second most moment i'll say is that when i i just you know sacrifice myself you know to take this you know medication that i didn't know it will take me you know to but uh, yeah. come on i'm never gonna go back there yeah. so yeah how do you want to be remembered uh, i think i just want to be remembered of uh, someone who advocate for what is right uh, someone who fight for what is right someone who who make sure that they give up you know what they have so this others you know can can achieve because at the end of the day for me i played my role and now there are a lot of people who look up to me so i just want them you know to remember me as someone who you know who wants your smile who wants you happy who just want what's best for anyone you know i stand for humility i just want them to remember me of that person who fight you know for 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 her own people Right. Yeah. And my final question to you is, what would you say to 18-year-old Custer, who was the target of the most awful smear campaign, your medical records being leaked? You're an 18-year-old yeah, on a world stage. 32-year-old yeah. Custer. Yeah. What do you say to 18-year-old Custer? What I can say to an 18-year-old you know, Custer out there, or anyone who is uh, young, I'll say... When you don't understand, ask. You know, if you if you're confused, find light. You know, ask. You know, for information. Ask for help if you don't understand. Because if you don't ask, if you don't understand, you end up making decisions like I did. Because you know, you you act out of desperation. So seek out for help. And if you are in a situation where you are not sure of, still go out and ask someone who can help you, you know, to, to do that. Ask for someone to accompany you. Because if you just decide based on what you see, people will manipulate you, people will do this and that, and you end up, you know, regretting or you end up taking your life. I'll say, you know, just stay true to yourself. You know, just find yourself, know yourself, understand yourself, and have the best relationship with yourself. Because if you know yourself, you can never, ever let anyone violate you. You can never let anyone do you wrong. Because you know what you stand for, know your identity, know where you're going, the direction. And like I said, if you don't understand anything, seek for help, seek for advices, just ask around. Or just have that relationship with your own, you know, parents or your own family. So at least you know you are never alone. You are never alone. Casta Simminya, The Race to Be Myself is the name of the book. I can't help but see the colors. I'm, I've, I've just done a podcast in the general elections. And <laughs> the colors of the book stand out for me. Yeah. Was it intentional? African National Congress. It's Mandela. Mandela. Uh, Winnie Mandela. You know, Oliver Tabo. You know. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so you know, much. the Steve Bigos. If you look at the Pan African Congress, you know, yeah, all those things. You know, I'm about those colors, you know, but, you know, I'm not a politician. 
fiction, but you know, I I follow that. I I'll it. say the book, uh, but it was not intentional. Uh, okay. I was not even there. So <laughs> okay. now when you speak, I'm, you, you, you get me back to politics. <laughs> back to politics. <laughs> I thank you so much, Kasa the race to be myself. Thank you for joining us on the Carol Lafori podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's the Carol Ofori podcast. For thought-provoking conversations, listen at ecr.co.za and the podcasts or your favorite podcast app.